0: I grew up in the same church for the first 30 years of my life or so. I got a wife, Sarah, and then two kids, Lucas, who's six, and Harper, who's about to turn four. When we started to have kids, you know, it really wasn't, we were the youngest people there, almost no kids, really. So I knew, you know, we were going to have to find somewhere family oriented. I'd heard about Northwood probably years before we came, because I'd already looked at all the YouTube videos and the website videos, and my sister-in-law had started coming here, you know, just shortly before us, and uh, she loved it and everything I'd heard about it, everybody loved it, so it just seemed like a good place to go. So we made the decision to come on Sunday. We've always thought it was important to serve in the church. That helps you get involved, gives you a different perspective on the church than if you just show up on Sundays. The team's probably the thing that's made me feel the most comfortable at Northwood. I think part of me knew it would be cool to see the behind the scenes, but then I think part of me thought it would almost be like a show. So to get in there and see that, you know, like there is no putting on the game face. The game face never goes off. So the guy in the parking lot smiling is not just doing it to get you to, oh, you know, fake in. and the worship team's not, you know, trying to be the best singer in the world, but You want to create an environment where people can just drop all that baggage that they have. So, to see that that's not just a Sunday morning thing, but I guess I just didn't expect it to be so much like that. To make a lot of friends in a church with multiple services and multiple locations, you know, it may take me 10 years to make, you know, some friends. And so, I knew, like, we're going to have to get involved in this small group thing. Of course, we'd never had any experience with them, so we didn't know what to expect. I overanalyze life, and so I'll start to overanalyze my problems, and and I'll turn them into like, Clint's the only one dealing with this. No one else has this problem, it's just me. You know, so then when you get into a small group and there's five other people who've gone through the same thing or are going through that, and then to have people that can pray for you about those problems that you thought were only yours, um, it's huge. Today, I really want to talk about one of the components that
1: makes up our, our culture here at, at Northwood Church. And uh, really, I guess if you put a title on today's message, it is this, it's making room, making room. And uh, really today, it's all about community. And, um, you know, earlier this month, Pastor Stephen actually shared about Christ-centered community, and I, I sort of feel like this message is sort of like part two of that that first message. Um, and he talked about Christ-centered community, and and so if you. If you really want the, the theological underpinning, I mean, the support for what we're talking about today, I would encourage you to go back and watch that message. It was incredible. And again, today is sort of like, I think more about how the kind of fleshes out here at the church. What does it look like? Um, because whenever we say uh, Christ-centered community, what that really means is all of us in this church, okay, all of us people that are believers, we all have Jesus in common. We center our lives around what Jesus has done for us and who we are in Him, and therefore we are a Christ centered community. Like, that's what we have in common. That's the interest, okay? Like, you know, you think about outside the church, uh, what causes you to hang out with different people? Like, why do you get in community with different people? And I mean, if it's not family, usually it's either work or it's some sort of interest. I mean, you play softball, whatever it is, you just tend to get around those people. And in the church, the thing that really draws us together ultimately is Jesus. And and that's that's what starts the relationship here. And what we're going to learn today is kind of what that looks like. How does that flesh out? What does having a Christ-centered view of our community, how does it look? And um, the church is made up of people. Now, I know that you guys have heard this a lot. The church is not a building, it's a people. But I think we, we do miss that at times. And maybe some of you, what I just said, that's the first time you've ever heard it. you're like, what? Uh, there, there is a church building, okay? But some people, they start saying, I'm going to church. And in their mind, whenever they leave church, like they've left church, like they've left everything that it means behind. And they don't realize that actually the true church are the people believers, those people who have placed their faith and their trust in Jesus. When that happens, you become a member of the body of Christ. All right. And and so here's the deal. There's the universal church. There's, there's, there's the church and it's expressed in a lot of different communities and a lot of different cultures in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different names for them and denominations and all that. But, but the reality is, is that, that the universal church all points to and has Jesus in common, okay? And there's just different expressions of it. And so the church is made up of people, not a building. And authentic and healthy community is a staple in a healthy church, okay? Have you ever been to a church or honestly anything that when you walked in, it just felt stale? just felt disconnected? Maybe you went to a restaurant this past week and when you walked in the doors, it was like, Eh, I can't wait to leave. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's not what it should feel like whenever you walk into a a healthy church. It should feel like a place that is like, man, there's just, there's life. But what is that? That's people who have life who, (laughs) when they come together, there's life in the room, right? It's not based upon how big the room is or how many cool lights there is or whatever. It's none of that. It's based on the people. And so authentic and healthy community is a staple in a healthy church. And that's really why I want to talk about it today. I want to share my heart. Um, I believe that our church has always had a good community. We've always had a good, healthy community. But I know this is the reason that we've had a good, healthy community at this church is because we put a lot of time, energy, and we talk about it straight up. We, 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 you know what I'm saying? We, we just, we talk about it. And so today, I just want to talk about it. I want to talk about the field, the, the culture that we have. But I want to start with a quote from Tom Rath. He's a well-known Uh, author, he said this, friendships are among the most fundamental of human needs. The most fundamental. If you really peel back and look at your life, every single person, all of us, we have a a circle of friends. We We have friends that we like to hang out with, like to talk to. Some people, it's more people than others, okay? But we all have friends. And so, you know, with that, there's two things that I know about us. We need a community of friends, number one, we need a community of friends. Even if you're one of those people that says, I don't need anybody, you need somebody. We all need friends. And also, I know that we have a limited capacity for friendships, all of us. And, uh, and so I, I, I brought with me today a very complex illustration for you to, to show you, to give you a word picture of what that looks like. And um, it's Legos, <laughs> Very complex. I'm a pretty complex person, right? So, uh, but Lego pieces—they they come in different shapes and sizes, obviously. But really, one of the things is they vary on the amount of connection points that they have, right? And so this one has four. You know, some of you guys might might really connect with this one more. You're like, I only have a small small capacity of you know for friendships. And so number one, we need friendships. But number two, we have a limited capacity for friendships. And so again. Everybody in that, we're either high capacity or or low capacity, all right? To, to how many people we can connect with and maintain friendships with, but we all need friends, but we have a limited capacity. Now, here's the deal. In the church, and that's really, <clears throat> that's really what I'm leaning into today to talk about community is, is what happens in this community, is whenever we become a part of a church, we... We tend to obviously not be connected to many people because we're we're not there yet, right? And then over time we start connecting to people. We we add a friend here, you know what I'm saying? We we join up with another person who's got a large capacity of friendships, and they have their friends, you know what I'm saying? And then and then before you know it, like we've got this this group of people that love to hang out, and and man, we they know, they know me, you know what I'm talking about? Like these are my friends, and. This is what's supposed to happen. Like as you come into the church, it should become home. It should become a place where you can trust people, that you have friendships, people that really know you. And this is, this is healthy. This is a healthy thing, right? But something takes place, especially if you've been a part of a church or a community for, for a few years, all of a sudden this becomes a problem because you're all filled up and you're good. I got my friends, like I know who I'm hanging out with Friday night, I'm good. And the thing is, is that in the church, as the church grows, there's always people who continually need connection, right? And and obviously we know that there's a connection with God. Like today, again, I'm leaning into one section. That's what makes us a member of the body of Christ. But when it comes to the human element, like as friendships, people coming in, they need this too. But what happens when a church has a bunch of people who are full? They're filled up. Like, I got my friends. What, what happens to those people that, that try to connect to a group, but they can't because they just can't get in? Why? It's because everybody's good. That's a problem. What happens is a church stagnates relationally, stagnates in many different ways. and I'm going to talk about someone here in a second, but the church stagnates and And all of a sudden, you start getting some weird things that take place. You start kind of getting like a click feel, right? Clicks don't end in high school, by the way. (laughs) All right? (laughs) A lot of people think, oh, that's just, I dealt with that in high school. I'm learning more and more that not much, there's not a big difference between adults and teenagers, just to be real with you. We just get mortgages. I don't know. But, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like we we still need it. we have this need for friendships, but at times we start getting a little bit clicky. And then when people show up, it's like, um, sorry, this is the seat that I always sit in. One of my pet peeves in church. By the way, if anybody's ever said that recently to you, if you heard someone say it, like, I don't, I don't want you to ever speak for me, but in this scenario, you can, ready? Pastor Jordan said, we don't have seat ownership here at the church, and so that's not your seat, right? Like, like you can sit wherever, right? It's one of the most unloving things. Like, have you ever invited somebody to your house and they went to sit in your seat at the dinner table and you were like, uh sorry. <laughs> Need you to sit in that one. That's my seat. You know, that's a horrible person, horrible friend. But um So what happens is things start getting weird. And and the reality is, is that at some point, we've got to reconfigure the Lego pieces to make room for people to continue to add themselves to this community, to this church. And uh, it's something that we must talk about, we must be intentional about. And that's why I'm talking about it on a Sunday morning, literally taking one of 52 services in a year to discuss it. Because if we're not aware of it, we'll fall into a rhythm where it's just like, I'm good, I don't need anybody, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, we lose sight of what we're really doing. We lose sight of what, the community that we're a part of and, and the purpose that we're in. And so, so you know, we, we've got to, we got to maybe change our mindset for some of us to make sure that we're not um, creating some issues. All of us have a circle of friends, again, based on our interests or our season of life. Come on, y'all, look, one thing that happens is I get it. You're single, you get married, all of a sudden some things are different in life. You have kids, seasons of life are different, and, and all of a sudden maybe friendships change. You know, That's just, kind, that's just life, that's just normal life. But I wanna I challenge us to maybe reconfigure the Lego piece. For some of you, your circle of friends, I, I wanna challenge you to maybe open up that circle of friends to make room for some other people. Uh, another really good way to picture it is this. Uh, And it happens a lot of times whenever there's large groups of people like a church service before and after. You know, you've got like the group of four or five people that are talking and they're sort of in a circle. And you know that moment, maybe this has happened to you where you're the person and you walk up like (laughs) to kind of say hello to those people. and, And when you walk up, there's this very important moment where the person, like the gap that you walk up to, this moment where the person that's in that gap if they are in the circle and they do this, hey, what's up? Like, don't you immediately feel connected? And you're like, okay, they accepted me, you know? But have you ever been the person that you walked up and they didn't make room for you in the circle? And you're just like tapping them on the shoulder and they're just like, hey man, what's going on? You know? you just walk away. You know, I am not wanted here. And I think that's a really good example of, of what it means to open up your circle is like, yeah, you got a good conversation going on, but man, why don't you include somebody else in that conversation? What does that look like for us, man? It looks like you got a text group with some friends and you meet somebody new and you add them to the text group, right? It's, it's you're going out with some buddies and you're thinking about, man, who else could I invite that's not in our, in our crew? I've, I've got some friends that I've, I mean, they've been staple friends in my life since I was like, you know, a teenager. And um, actually some of them since I was seven and eight years old. And um, it's the type of friends that we, we don't get together a lot anymore. We kind of just, life is happening. But whenever you get together, it's like you haven't been apart. You know, we haven't seen each other in a year. We get together and it's like, we haven't missed a beat. Like I'm talking about those types of friends and um but you know what's funny is if you start looking at how we built that crew it was we would add people we would add people you know in youth group right it's like this new guy walks in and we're like hey man you know we're gonna go to sonic like that used to be the cool thing like i don't know what kids do anymore hey we're gonna play minecraft i don't know but uh (laughs) so social um but what, what were those moments actually, whenever we were 15 and 16, have ended up being massive relationships? I'm talking to relationships now that whenever somebody's going through something really deep, we get together and we talk through it. I'm talking friendships, man. And it has to come through opening up your circle. So, one thing that I've heard people say, um, and I've said it myself, so I'm not like, I'm not like trying to throw rocks into the crowd today, but I'm just saying this is part of reality for all of us, is uh, I don't really need more friends, right? Again, I'm good. I don't really need more friends, and I I get that, but I I think about when people come to church and they're new, I think about what they might say um, if somebody told them that. We would never tell somebody that, right, We straight up, but we we do tell them that in the way that we live our lives sometimes. what would somebody that's new to Northwood Church say? Um, you may not need me, but I need you. Like you may not n- not need another friend, but maybe I do. Maybe I do need an, a, a connection. You may have friends that support you in your faith, but I don't. You may have a good support system around you, but but I don't. You may feel at home at NC. We were just saying that a while ago, welcome home. You know, it's a great church, a great community. And for a lot of you, when you walk in these doors, you feel like it's your living room. Like this is your church, man, these are your people. But there's other people that walk in that don't feel that way, feel like they don't have one. Some of you might connect with this really well. I lost all of my friends when I surrendered to Jesus and I need some new ones. Come on, how many of you, whenever you said yes to following Jesus, like those people that were your ride or dies, like all of a sudden they died. I don't know, they were just out. Like they let you ride off into the sunset. They were just like, yeah, you're religious and weird. And you know. so all of a sudden like you got removed from the chat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of times that that's happening to people on, on day to day, week to week. And uh, they need someone that reaches out to them. And honestly, guys, sometimes it is a matter of making it in their walk with God or not. And I think that we all need to realize that, especially if you've been saved for a while, you sort of forget what it's like to be pulled out of darkness and set into light. And that's a great thing, but also sometimes it's a very painful thing because sometimes you do, you lose those people that are closest to you because your priorities change. You are now living a Christ-centered life and people that don't live a Christ-centered life, sometimes they don't want to hang out with those people who live a Christ-centered life, right? Values, worldview, everything kind of shifts. And some people need, they need you to make room. So I want, you to ask, I want you to ask yourself this question, am I making room for people? Like, do I live a life that if somebody showed up in my life in this church that I would be open enough to receive them in? Or have you built up some sort of barrier you know, maybe, maybe you're a person that says, I really don't have time to build those relationships. And it's just one thing I want to say really quick. I'd love for all of you to repeat this real quick. Ready, ready? We're going we're to say this in a second. I am so busy. Ready? One, two, three. I am so busy. We're all busy. All right, we're all busy. Now that we've all said it and admitted it, we can, we're all on the same playing field, okay? We're all maxed and stressed and we don't have time for, for anything. Um, we do have time for the things that we want to do, but, uh, but other than that, we don't have time, we're stressed, we're maxed. And what's, what happens whenever um, we don't have time for people? What happens whenever we don't have time to invest in people? Um, I think that we're actually missing the whole point of why we're on the face of the planet. Like, I, I really believe that. Like, if I'm ever to a point where I literally never have margin in my life to build relationships with people, um, maybe I'm just too busy. Just maybe we don't like to talk about that because we got to stay busy. Cause if not, we're not being productive and we're not, you know, meanwhile, there's just people that are going by the wayside and God's literally put us in their life for a purpose, but we can miss it. Right. Or is it just me? It's just me that has this understanding. Okay. I want to I answer your question. Some of you are like, okay, where does community happen at Northwood Church? What does it look like here? What's the opportunities for community here? And very three, three very simple things. Number one is services. This right here is an opportunity for people to connect with people. All right? Now, here's the deal. If you show up late and leave early, it's going to be very hard for you to feel like services are a community type of thing because you don't have room for it. You know, you show up a little bit late, you drop the kids off, check them in, roll in. And the second song of worship, you know, get a little bit of word. Oh, bow your heads, close your eyes. That's my cue. I'm out. Okay. You know, want to beat the traffic, you know, the 15 minutes of traffic. And, uh, and it's like, I don't feel connected. Well, of course you don't. <laughs> of course not. You don't have any connections. And so services is more of just an event, something you come to and check, it, check off the, you know, the, the task list, but you don't know people. And, uh, and I just wanna challenge you, if you feel that way, um, I'd love for you to maybe come 15 minutes early. Maybe show up just like a little bit early. Like whenever the first service is dismissing, like you already are here. You know what I'm saying? Like You showed up and, uh, and that you're ready to engage with people around you, that you come to your seat and you don't just sit down and kind of just blend in with the chair. You know, like there's this mindset of, this is my community. Like, these are people that I need to know and they need to know me. And that there would be this interaction, you know, in these services. Guys, like, I really think, I think it would be awesome if we didn't need to have a host team or like section greeters or like other things, because literally every single person sees themselves as that. Okay, like I'm talking that type of thing. Like, oh, I'm not on the schedule for host team this week. So therefore I just, you know, like go blend in. No, there's still people who are there. I mean, we're, we're human beings in a room right now. You know what I'm saying? There should be interaction. I think it would be weird if there was a, a host team member at my house. You're right. Like, like people show up to my home and it's like, welcome to the Dakotis household. You know? <laughs> this is my house what's up welcome to my house you know you you come in and I'm just sitting in the living room in my recliner well hello welcome you know it's strange it's strange and I think some of you you actually need to convert your mindset because you think you you don't think of it as your living room you don't think of it as your home and I understand whenever you're new and kind of getting in it's like ah but at some point it should feel like hey that's so and so hey that's hey man what's going on dude how did that thing last week you were telling me about that how did it go like this type of interaction because you're a part of something that's real and breathing, not just an organization or an institutionalized moment, but services are important. One thing I'd like to tell you, uh, as far as our mindset goes when it comes to, um, to our culture is I would love it if every single person here would treat everyone like you invited them. Treat every person like you invited them. If you've ever invi- invited somebody to church been praying for them and they showed up, you know, that moment where you're, you're like, you're so excited, you can't wait, wait to serve them. And hey man, this is where the kids check-in is. Hey man, do you want some coffee? Like that type of mindset with every single person, every single person, every single week, you never know who you're interacting with and what's going on in their life. And so I think it would be an incredible uh, part of our culture to approach every service that way. Number two is uh, serving on a team. It's a great opportunity to, to get to know some people. Um, and and for some of you, you've been coming for a while and you're not on a team. And, and here's the deal. Um, here at Northwood Church, whenever we're a part of this church, it means that we're also serving in this church, that we're a contributing member of this church. I was, again, just talking to our Next Steps class. And again, we have Next Steps class immediately following the service. If maybe you want to get to know who we are, what we're about and what, you know, what we're doing, how you can be a part, it'd be a great opportunity. But um, the people that are serving on teams, like we don't do anything here at this church without teams. This service could not happen without people who are serving. And here's the deal, not serving because um, it's like so fulfilling, right? Like, like, like just, I love serving. It's not always like that, all right? Sometimes, it, like if it's always like that, sometimes it's not serving, okay? It's, sometimes serving looks like, Just valuing somebody above yourself and putting down your own selfish desire on that Sunday morning at 7.30 whenever the kids are screaming at you and you're trying to get to church on time. You know what I'm saying? And it's stress and not just texting and say, hey, I can't show today. I'm just going to watch online. (laughs) Love you online audience, but uh, but man, you know, you're missing out if you never come. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be good enough. Uh, That's one thing that technology will never be able to replicate is community. It's never going to be able to do it. It tries, and look, there's a lot of good things out there and cool stuff going on, but it's like you sitting next to somebody rubbing shoulders and actually looking at somebody in the face. Technology will never be able to completely replicate it. It's literally in our DNA. It's in our core central nervous system. We've got to have interaction with people. And uh, and God knew that we would get smart enough to do some crazy things like we got today, but he's like, no, 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 no. I already thought about that. You need people. You need people. So... But, uh, but serving on a team, we serve people. It'd be a great way to get to know some people. The third thing is small groups. And we're actually today starting our signups for our next small group semester, which starts in August. But some of you have never been in a small group. And uh, maybe you feel kind of disconnected. Maybe you feel like you're just not in. Well, yeah, you're just like if you show up late and leave early, you're not gonna feel like you're a part of this community. If you're not on a team or if you're not in a small group, you're never honestly, you're missing out. You're only getting a small portion of what Northwood Church is, and you're missing out on what real community is. And so, so I'd encourage you to, to get signed up. Get signed up if you haven't been through a freedom group. Over here on this side of the room, uh, we've got some people that would love to get you signed up in a freedom group. If you don't know what that is, head over here after church today and sign up for a freedom group. If you're not a part of a sermon-based group, we've got a few spots left. I still see some paper in the back. Um, Go sign up for a sermon-based group where we kind of hash out and, and apply what our Sunday morning sermon is all about. But you gotta get in community. You gotta continue to grow in your faith, and there's no greater way to do that than to get around other people. But I want to close today by giving you a few quick examples of, uh, or a few reasons of why we all need Christian community. Now, Guys, look, we all have circles of friends. And many of you, you've got, you've got people that don't know Jesus that you're friends with. And I think we all should, by the way, have that. Okay, um, But you've also hopefully got people that are Christians, Christian community. And uh, I think it's important to have both, but I believe that you need to have Christian community in your life, Christian friends who, who, who help you in some areas. And this is some areas that, that this happens or, or what happens in, in whenever we're with uh, other Christians. Number one, Christian community is encouraging. It's encouraging. Hebrews 10 says this, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Community encourages us to good works. And I believe that we must be stirred to good works. And sometimes that simply happens by being around other people who have the same priorities that we do. Like-minded, like-hearted. You know, where people, they encourage us to, to be holy, <laughs> even sometimes whenever we don't really wanna be holy, right? Come on. They, they, they challenge us to be transparent and honest, maybe if that's not our go-to, like we are encouraged and stirred to good works. Number two, community is evangelistic. I wanna let you guys know something, that as a believer, if you're in this room today and you're a believer, if you're watching online, you're a believer, you're you're, you're a person who has placed your faith in Jesus, I wanna let you know that every single relationship that you have, you have a motive in. You have an ulterior motive. Because we're called to it, we're commissioned to it. Like, especially with those who don't know Jesus, if you are friends with someone who doesn't know God, I mean, you know it, they're far from him. And you don't have this thing in you that is always like this, just this ongoing conversation in the back of your mind, whenever you're hanging out of like, you know, man, I know God, I want them to know God. How, how like God any opportunity, Lord, like open door, like God, come on, do something great. You're driving up to go hang out and you're praying, hey God, tonight, it's a nice night where I, I, there's an open door. God, just, just show me. God, let your presence be with me. Father, they need you, right? You have a motive in your relationships with those people who don't know God. But you also have a motive in your relationship with those who do. It's evangelistic. Those who are lost need to be evangelized. They need to understand the good news of Jesus. And those who who already know the good news, they need to continually be reminded of that good news. Yeah. Right? I think sometimes we're like, oh, we've evangelized and now we're done. It's like, dude, every time that we come together, we're evangelizing one another, reminding ourselves, right, of who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. And so, so we, we do, we have a motive. Acts 2:46 says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. I love the way that the church was in the book of Acts and it's just real down to earth, a real community and they were evangelistic. Number three, community creates an environment for healing. We've talked about this quite a bit, James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We don't like to confess to one another our faults, do we? We like to cover those up and we like to confess to one another how awesome we are. (laughs) Don't look over here. Look here. Look here. And the Bible is like, no, no. Look at all this. I need help. (laughs) Right? We need each other. We need to be able to confess to one another our sins, our shortcomings and find healing. We find forgiveness from God and we find healing from people. And some of you are missing out on that. You're isolated in, in the places in your life that you have fear and shame. You're isolated, you're flying solo. Whenever those are the areas that you should be sharing with somebody, not everybody. Not everybody needs to know all of your business, but you need a couple people that you trust who can know everything about you. And, uh, and love you and, and, and accept you, okay? But also will not uh, just tell you what you need to hear. Come on. Because we need healing. And sometimes that process looks a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe that's why we run from the community so much, right? Maybe, maybe that's why some of you, you don't actually want to get around people too much is because you're, you, you might be trying to hide some things. We all have our own defense systems and self-preservation methods, Maybe it's time to open up. Maybe you're the one that needs to open up. Maybe other people have opened up their circle to you, but you've been closed off. You need some healing. Community creates opportunities for forgiveness. I love to say it this way. Like, when we get together, we... Create opportunities where we can forgive one another. (laughs) Basically this, somebody's going to tick you off at some point. They're going to mess with your stuff. They're going to say something wrong. And and you're going to be confronted with this opportunity to either forgive or not forgive. We already said church is made up of people, right? And we all love to admit that we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But whenever somebody else is not perfect... That's where we like to say, ah, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not perfect, but you're wrong. And I want you to be perfect, even though I don't have to be perfect. There's always going to be an opportunity for forgiveness. If you're in this place today and, and you find yourself sort of hopping from community to community, church to church, and every church has a problem, um, well, Way to find out the obvious, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Captain obvious, okay. But at some point, maybe you need to learn how to forgive. Maybe you need to learn how to forgive. Anytime that somebody comes to this church from another church and they rip their past church, um, that's a red flag for me, big red flag. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Why? Well, first off, if they come to this community (laughs) and rip their past church, what well, makes me think that they're not going to do it all over again, right? Like, like one day I'm going to do something wrong and then they're going to go into the next place. There's just that. But also it's, it's like, man, there might be some real pain. There might be some real pain. They need healing they need to learn how to forgive. And many times I've talked to people and said, I think you need to go back to your pastor and uh, you know, it's a free country. You can go wherever, but I, th- I think that you maybe need to re- release some things and forgive them because You're never, you're capped right now. You walk with God, there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness, there's resentment. Sure, maybe not everything was perfect. Hey, stay here long enough, you'll see some things that aren't perfect. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the party. So it's opportunities for forgiveness. Colossians 3 says this, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is a command to us, guys. Talking about community today. In our community, we must have forgiveness operating at a high degree to maintain unity. We must. It's not, a, it's not hey, it would be really good if we would kind of sometimes forgive each other. If we don't, we're not pleasing God. So elevate your forgiveness to a place that says, you know what? I forgive people if for no other reason, just because... God forgave me. Whether I'm right, they're right, who's wrong, who said what, at the end of the day, it it honestly doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. We are commanded to forgive, to release, to not harbor bitterness. And the last thing he says is, over all these virtues put on love, the last thing is community creates a culture of love. And love is a word that's been misused, abused, redefined, confused. And I, I just don't know how to kind of reconcile all of, all of these different definitions other than to go back to the source, which is God, which is the word of God, to redefine what love actually is. And first thing I wanna say this is that love is not an emotion. It's not an emotion. Your marriage, your relationships, your whatever. Love is not like this, ooh, butterflies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> love is defined completely differently in the word of God. And that's really, I want to kind of define love. Well, I want to start with John 13. It says, a new command I give you, this is Jesus, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Again, another command. How many of you like rules, right? You like rules? Here's some rules for you. Love one another, right? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus to love like Jesus loved, by how you love one another. If you love one another, they'll know that you're my disciples. So Jesus knew that how we interact with each other would be a great example to unbelievers of the fact that we are truly changed, that we are truly different, that we are followers of Jesus. And a lot of people, they, They're really not good at loving people well, out the church, inside the church. They're just, they're not good at it. And and in that, they're really not a good example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, right? And we know that God is love, but I, I think sometimes we don't actually read this chapter. We don't really walk through it and ask ourselves, do I look and sound like that? Am I truly a loving person? We just say, I love everybody. Okay, yeah, but what does that look like? Well, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. It says that love is patient and kind. Ask yourself, am I patient? Am I kind? If you're not patient, if you're not kind, you lack love. Love doesn't envy, doesn't envy people, envy what they have, but it also doesn't boast about what you have and cause other people to feel insignificant. It's not arrogant, right? Not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not selfish, always valuing what somebody else wants or needs above what the person wants or needs, selfishness. Love isn't irritable or resentful. This really honestly convicts me because anytime before 10 a.m. I tend to be a little bit irritable, all right? I need a full cup of French press. But it's not irritable or resentful. It's not bitter. Love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. It doesn't rejoice when somebody gets what they deserved. Right? Like, ha, huh, yeah. It doesn't rejoice in that. Love does rejoice in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends. This just centers me back to what love is, how I should love my wife, how I should love my kids, how I should love my family, how I should love my church, how I, how I should love my city, how I should love every single person that I come in contact with. It, it centers me away from myself back on how Jesus has loved me. And in this church, I'm telling you guys, if we are all in, in agreement and alignment with this type of mindset, this church is going to grow. In numbers, yes, but in health. Us as individuals, whether we've been a part of this church for decades or days, it doesn't matter. It's gonna grow. This community will grow in health. And I think if we, if we remember this, that we make room for people like Jesus made room for us. If we remember that, and we will always be a Lego piece that's got a little bit of capacity left to connect somebody. We'll also always have room for people in our circle, because we realize that our, our, what Jesus has done for us, we cannot help but do for other people. It's a driving force in our life. And so I desire this in our church. I desire this in our community, but the deal is is that I can't do this by myself. I can't do it by myself. It's impossible. We all have to agree and and walk in step with each other and love one another well, forgive one another because Jesus has been so good to us, gave his life for us. So in this place today, I believe that it all comes down to this. There's groups of people here today who are believing in God. I mean, you you, placed your faith in him. Your life is being patterned after Christ and there's others of you, you're on the fence maybe you're really far from God, but I know this is that for people in this room today, God's been dealing with you, he's been drawing you, and I wanna give you an opportunity right now to say yes to following him. So every single person in this place, please bow your heads and close your eyes. Just think about your own walk with God, your own relationship with him. Just ask the question to yourself, man, am I a disciple of Jesus? Am I a follower of God? Have I truly surrendered my heart to him? Or am I just playing church? Am I showing up because it's the thing I'm supposed to do on Sundays? Or is there this the relationship with God where I hear Him and I and I know Him, where I, I read His Word and He and He convicts me, and my life is growing in Christ likeness? And if you if you're here and you can't really say that, if you can't say heaven is my home, if you can't say that, then maybe today you need to realign yourself with Jesus. And it's not very complicated. God already knows your heart more than you do. But in this moment, I think it's so powerful to agree and align our hearts with God. And so if you're in this place, you don't have to repeat after me, but I just wanna pray with you. But I want you to pray to your God. Say something like this, say, God, I'm here before you, humbled, surrendered to you, I realize how far I am from you. Lord, that I've been trying this on my own, And today, God, I need a change. Father, I need you, I need you. And today, God, I I throw my heart, everything that I am, my successes, my failures, all that I am at your feet. And I ask for you to forgive me of my sin, the things that I've done wrong. God, forgive me of the things that I just am because of sin. Lord, and bring me into right standing with you. I give you all that I am today. Forgive me, set my feet on the right path. I repent and I thank you for your righteousness. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you for the cross that Jesus died on for me to give me hope, give me a future in Jesus name. As we're in this moment, I wanna pray for all of us because I believe that we all need healing. I believe that we all have been convicted in some way, shape or form today. And I I believe we all need to respond to him. God, Father, we, we open up our hearts to you. God, I pray that for all of us, if we have found ourselves in a place of isolation, maybe maybe we're the person whose Lego pieces are all filled up and we're good, but God, we realize that today there's other people who are in need and, and Lord, we've been closed off to that. God, our circle has been closed and today, God, I pray that by your spirit, you would soften all of our hearts to make sure that our circles are open, that we always prioritize people in our hearts. God, I pray for all of us that you would help us to love like you have loved, to forgive like you have forgiven us. Let it be a a, a center point, a focal point in our life, God, to go out and to represent you well in our community. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree, say amen. Northwood Church is one church with multiple locations. Uh, We have locations in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, and we'd love to see you there. If you enjoyed this message and want to get more info on who we are, just head over to northwood.tv. And once you're there, uh, you can check out all of our past sermons, all the things that we're doing in South Mississippi, and uh, even give to support those efforts of reaching more people. Be sure to connect with us on social media and to stay up to date with everything happening around Northwood Church. Thanks for watching and hope to see you soon.